Good morning, it's Coog. Good morning, John Lennon. How are you? Doing all right. How's the um, how's the post Halloween uh, hangover? Candy hangover. Monkey hangover. I, I didn't eat very much candy. I only had one beer. Did you did you hold hands I was in with the monkey? By nine. I didn't I didn't mean an I didn't mean a uh, a hangover in the conventional sense of a, of some sort of chemical overindulgence resulting in um ill physical feelings the next day. I'm talking about I'm talking about the moral, intellectual and emotional hangover that comes after a day of uh of costumed revelry. You aren't asking in your role as my doctor. No, no, I'm I'm not. I'm not. Right. Actually, right. we have to talk about that about my legitimacy as a as a doctor, but we'll save that for another another time. I think your legitimacy is strong, John. Thank you. So I've got a new computer. Hmm. So a whole new setup. Really? So you may have to be the judge as to whether um, everything's coming through okay. Sounds yeah, okay. Looks okay. In fact, you sound great. And you, and you look, hey, you look good I too. A little blue colored. Yeah, yeah well, that's. I, bet, I haven't got the lighting figured out. I bet you have. I bet you have the. Um, I bet you have the Skype app open in front of you because it's primarily blue. Yeah. Does it blue? Does it blow everybody? Does Skype blow everybody? <laughs> no. No, I, I hope not. Not me. Is, are other people getting it? Because I'm not. Oh, Skype isn't. Uh, Skype is not blowing me. Hey, uh, the, the the more recent iteration of the app, though, when it uh, calls someone, when you choose someone from your contacts and you give them a ring, their picture appears in a circle in the middle, and they're surrounded by a cloud, and it's pulsing. It's rhythmically pulsing. Your assumption would be that this person has died, and this is the <laughs> app that lets you know yeah. <laughs> that they have died a couple of little angel wings are sprouting oh, from your well we lost him we lost larry <laughs> someday larry. someday your contacts list will be divided into those people who are alive and those people you can only talk to via some sort of celestial conduit eventually uh, the uh, the the indicator on that um, scale moves entirely to the right everyone becomes a republican in the afterlife you mean no, everybody dies, John. Everybody dies. Um, oh, so I was just Halloween you, was yesterday. I don't. I don't want to talk about death. Today is the day of the dead. Dia de las uh, puer- oh, shit, puercos. You're right. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, right before you uh, you skyped on me, the uh, <laughs> all over your Jill, face. Jill, who is walking around outside with Oscar in our new neighborhood, uh, called to say, "Look out the window, and you'll notice that uh, there is a car crash." That happened sometime during the night. Oh. A smaller car, a Tercel perhaps, ran into a parked uh, Ram Tough, a parked <laughs> truck. The truck seems not to have moved. The Tercel seems totaled. Uh, and there's nobody at the scene except for a policeman idling in his SUV nearby. So I don't know what point of the night this happened, but I think the occupants must have fled. I was going to say, there's no. is there any blood? Doesn't seem to be any blood. Send Oscar into the wreck to look for blood. We will. I'll give. I'll give Jill a call to go through that. <laughs> okay. Thank that's you. Exciting. So that's that's uh, our that's the manner in which we receive our uh, Halloween excitement is now is the next morning to see the debris. 
I saw the photo you posted of Jill um, in a banana suit and um, Oscar in a monkey suit. Yeah. Uh, and it was very cute. Not scary at all. Uh, and it was Jill's birthday. So happy birthday to her. Halloween birthday. Yeah. Which we were able to celebrate as a birthday before we had a child. And now it's, uh, I think, a 15 to 18 year break from having a birthday. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. So. I'm sorry to hear that. We had some cake. Okay. We're going to go out tonight. We're going to go out and eat at the Bollywood Theater, which is not a theater, but an Indian restaurant. Of course. A theater of food. Everything in Portland is named for some other business. (laughs) City Hall is a doggy daycare. (laughs) Doggy daycare is a DMV. Yeah. (laughs) DMV is a brothel. Brothel is a church. Yeah. Presbyterian Church. Presbyterian Church is a Catholic church. Now that's confusing. <laughs> oh, it's very confusing. But it's it's uh, the cutting edge. <laughs> yeah, of course. Portland it's, is on the cutting edge of sure all of these things. Yeah. We know what we mean, John. Hey, you know what? I actually did things and ate things since our last our last podcast. I'd like I to actually hear about it. I actually have topics and links. Let's, let's 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 get started with them. Okay. Well, the first thing rank, I want rank them though. What's what's the most? <laughs> let's. I, I, I'm. It's been a while, so I, I want I want to lead with the most exciting one. Okay. Well, um, let me. Let's see. I'm going to send you a a photo, and I want you to tell me what this evokes for you. All right. Do you see it? Um. Through an app called Skype Picture Shaming, I think I <laughs> get it. it. Didn't just pop up. No, I signed into some other bullshit. Oh my god, really? That's not fair. I'm also sending you a link. Um, I think that's uh, Wolfman Jack. Uh, <laughs> Uh, at his first piano lesson. That is a really good answer. Um, it's wrong, but I wish it were true. Is it Billy, Billy Joel with a little ghost up above <laughs> his head? You're right. There is, to the right? I think that's some kind of camera artifact. But um, if you go to that link, you'll see... I just want you to watch the first five seconds of the video for the Billy Joel song, All for Lena. There were all a bunch of... Lena. Yeah, All for Lena. Um is it still from it? Yeah, it's still from the just the beginning. Do I know that song, All for Lena? It's off of Glass Houses. <laughs> for, so for the for people who have not seen this video, there was a series of sort of live in the studio videos that were made to promote Glass Houses. This would have been in, oh hell, 1980? And, yeah, because um, I had I had the Glass Houses uh, a little bubble a uh, little bubble gum album. The album had gum in it. Oh yeah, for Glass Houses, which I think I still have. I was going to ask. It's the it same reason like, I kept that. Seems like the kind of thing you you might still have. You probably have it tucked into the vinyl of uh, your vinyl of Glass Houses. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any affection for the album, but I have an affection for um, for gum and childhood. Okay, okay. Well, so the. There's a there are a couple of videos from this 
film session. You can tell that everyone's wearing the same clothes. Um, one of them, at least one of them, uh, I think you may be right, is actually played live in the studio. Like the audio on the video is actually from the session itself rather than the, the record. But the All for Lena video, they're just overdubbing the they're overdubbing the album track. And I think the reason is that he is so coked up that his his antics are so ridiculous that he is incapable of actually performing the song competently. Um, yeah, I, see, I think I see a little white dust on his uh, black shirt. <sighs> so anyway, the, the beginning of this video f- for, for our listeners features, and I'll put the link in the notes, uh, Billy Joel, the camera kind of pans over towards his rack of keyboards, and he he has been before the cameras rolled crouching underneath them. And as the, as the camera pans, he rises up from behind them with bug eyes. Yeah. Um, and it's, it looks, it's, it looks kind of like a, um, Barbara Bush with a black and white filter. Yeah, sure. Sure. He does. So, uh, there's one other video I'm going to send you the link to. This is, um, it's the, uh, the uh, caption or the title of the video is Billy Joel goes crazy in concert. This would have been six or seven years later. He's in Moscow performing and I think recording one of his live records. And the camera crew is um, getting right up in his grill. The camera crew who, whom he hired to film the, the concert. And he gets very mad that they are they're lighting the audience so they can film the audience and this is annoying him and they're they're uh, close up on him which is annoying him and at one point he screams <laughs> let me play my show for Christ's sake and then he pushes pushes his piano over so it smashes on the stage and then he grabs a microphone stand and begins to pound on the the stage monitors with it and then he kicks a cameraman in the butt are you watching it now yes but then he goes right back into the song somehow yeah, he, he keeps singing the song he's which turned is the uh, microphone stand into a sharp weapon yeah <laughs> yeah they cut away right before he stabs the tambourinist so right through I, the tambourine and into the shoulder <laughs> but it's the shoulder where his heart is <laughs> That's disturbing. Yeah. That's disturbing. So, uh, we'll have a couple of questions. Yeah. First of all, are you aware that Billy Joel was uh, given a, a, a public exoneration during Game Three of the Mets uh, Kansas City World Series the other night, where they had him sing the uh, World Series anthem of America, and then kept cutting to him uh, reacting with uh, surprise whenever the Mets did something well. Um, <laughs> But it's the sort of surprise of, of like a 90-year-old seeing a, a goat. Uh, ah, alarm, surprise, and trying to remember whether the goat is a his child or, or not. Um, secondly, why are you looking at all these Billy Joel videos? I had, a, I had a terrifying epiphany, is why. And the epiphany is that... Uh, the real topic here is terrifying epiphanies. Yeah. Uh, the, the, that Billy Joel is my spirit animal. Well, he's, he's an animal. <laughs> I realized that um, I was thinking about... I can't remember... Oh, yes, I can. I was talking to my bandmate, I guess now ex-bandmate, uh, Adam, uh, about Billy Joel. He showed Adam showed up at band practice, and 
he picked up an acoustic guitar while we were waiting for everyone else to arrive. And uh, he started playing the song Vienna, uh, which is actually a, a pretty great song. I think it's on The Stranger. And um, it has some dumb lyrics because all of Billy Joel does. Um, but that got us going on a conversation about Billy Joel. Uh, and over a couple of hours at a bar, we developed sort of a thesis about him. Um, and I ended up writing a last week a like a twenty three page essay about my adolescence and about Billy Joel and about my feelings about Billy Joel and my adolescent fandom of Billy Joel, which I have to confess I still harbor some of not a great deal of it's very difficult to enjoy him unironically now that I realize how how imitative he is and how profoundly insecure everything he does is but um but i found i found the subject to be pretty compelling and a little bit frightening so have you ever seen the video for uh, matter of trust probably this is a song it's very much Which like which song is that one th- i have trouble connecting billy joel's song titles to the songs often this Even song frequently the chorus this is sort of the beginning of the end of his popularity. I mean, I guess he still sells out arenas, but in ter- his his hit making acumen. This song was um, it's very Springsteenian, and there's a video, and he and the band are practicing in a uh, a space somewhere in a, a soundstage made to look like the West Village, and there are pedestrians walking around outside, and. Um, the band starts practicing the song, and the windows are closed. No one notices. New York City goes on about its business without realizing that um, human hit machine Billy Joel is playing mere feet from where they're walking. And then Billy Joel says, stops the band and says, it's too hot. It's too hot in here. Open the windows. So he opens the windows, and they begin to play the song again. And now everyone notices. By dancing? Yes. Dancing in the street, they crowd the windows, they poke their heads in the windows. Uh, At one point, um, Billy Joel's then-wife, Christy Brinkley, shows up and dances in the practice room with their two-year-old in her arms. Mm -hmm. Um, Who grew up to be Paul Ryan. Oh, really? Yeah, Paul Ryan is their child. I I didn't realize that. (laughs) Uh, And I realized during my research for this essay, that this was a direct response to Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark video, wherein he reaches down into the crowd, pulls up a pretty girl. A young David Schwimmer. Yes, exactly. Exactly. uh, Onto the stage, and the two of them dance as Clarence Clemens plays the the, uh, saxophone outro. And... uh, Watching that video now, it's, of course, very stagey and goofy, but it's great. And Springsteen's super sexy, and it's exciting to watch the band playing, uh, even though it's, you know, an overdub studio track. Um, It's a real crowd, you know. I think Billy Joel was trying to capture... I think Springsteen is his bed noir. You sure? sure? I think his whole life was trying to be as effortlessly confident as Springsteen and failing... failing Oh, failing... To fifty to forty nine percent of the people watching know that he's failing. 
that few. Well, I guess yeah, these are people less who are than pay, a majority. Less yeah. than a majority are but, aware that he's a, a fraud and a phony. <laughs> uh, and then a lot of people are 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 convinced that he's he is like Springsteen or greater than Springsteen. I think because I think, of his, his because of you can you because you can fake enthusiasm. I think he is as talented as Springsteen. But he is hopelessly broken inside. Probably a more talented songwriter. I mean, not like not like uh, things like lyrics, but no, <laughs> musically, no, no. musically more interesting than Springsteen. And yeah. Springsteen's musically fine, right? But yeah. It's mostly it's mostly kind of gruff talk singing. Sure. You know. And you feel that you feel that he means what he says. He's not pretending to be something he's not. And there's an emotional directness and excitement to Springsteen and his band that I think is quite moving. Um, whereas, or as Adam said to me about um, about this, uh, that he he said, I guess I put a direct quote in a, in a footnote, but he said something like, I I guess I prefer Springsteen's music, but I vastly prefer Joel as a as a literary character. He's the, oh, he's the oh yeah he's yeah. the Hamlet of of rock musicians I I yeah. agree with that yeah he's uh, we suffer along with Billy Joel we do yeah we do and I yeah. was suffering along Springsteen with him. we 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 admire and aspire to that level of confidence in this corrupt society but <laughs> Billy Joel he, he seems to have navigated it admirably right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know Billy Joel is. Uh, Sweaty and uh, uh, you know hustling and uh, always in in fear of being exposed. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, and 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 now at this point, I suppose we're just delighted that he seems to have gotten away with it. There was that was I think maybe a Nick Palmgarten piece about Billy Joel in the New Yorker a few months ago. Everything was last uh, year. Yeah, last year or. Ten years ago, or last week, I have no idea. Uh, pointing out that he's, you know, he still sells, he sells out Madison Square Garden once a month, um, but hasn't actually written a song in twenty years. No, he. Uh, I think he he claims that he had. Um, he and it's claimed, clear, clear, clear disdain for his own music. Yeah, he's he. I think he. I, I think when he's feeling honest, when he's trying to be honest, Billy Joel. One of two things comes out. One of them is um, songs that eff- effectively say, I am a chump. Please be kind to me. And that's a song like, um, oh shit, it's a song in, on side one of Glass Houses. Uh, um, I'm I don't a want- chump, please be kind to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't- <laughs> <laughs> I'm a chump, and then in parentheses, please be kind. In parentheses. Yeah. New parentheses, don't run. In parentheses. <laughs> um, no, the song is called I Don't Want to Be Alone Anymore. It's very much a uh, musically an Elvis Costello lift. But uh, but it's, it's about feeling like a chump on a date and uh, kind of, begging the woman to take him seriously. And it's a good song. I mean, you can feel him actually meaning it. The other thing that comes out, the thing that more frequently comes out, is this, like, deep, embittered anger. And his, like, second, third records are just filled yeah. with these pissed-off oh, songs. Petty, you know, it's petty anger. You know, it's anger at, it's anger at, at the, uh, the, 
the, the clerk at Marshall's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm just trying to buy a scarf. <laughs> And I had to stand in line. <laughs> He's going to tell you the lyrics to this song, James, from I think it might have been on Piano Man or something. No, like before that. Anyway, James, we were always friends from our childhood days, and we made our plans, and we had to go our separate ways. I went on the road. You pursued an education. So far, so good, right? These are yeah, these are yeah. pr- fairly equivalent. Yeah pursuits and then he goes on to say james do you like your life can you find release and will you ever change will you ever write your masterpiece are you still in school living up to expectations james james you've been well behaved you've been working so hard but you will all will you always stay someone else's dream of who you are do what's good for you or you're not good for anybody james it's like just leave your College friend alone, asshole. Yeah. yeah, he went to college. He went to college. He got a job. Fuck you. Yeah. Anyway, there's a lot of songs like that, and they're just like they're snits. They're little hissy fits, just like the freaking uh, the uh, you know the Moscow video, where he's you know he's pissed off about the cameraman and he overturns the piano. So what he ended up doing was just imitating other people. You know, that one 50s album was all his favorite sort of doo-wop, Ooh, doo-wop man, artists. That's a, bad, that's a it's, bad one. It's terrible. Oh, no. And then when he returned to rock and roll, what does he do? Oh, it's terrible, and I know every word. He puts out he puts out a song that it is a just just note-for-note lift of, of R.E.M.'s It's the End of the World as We Know It. My college uh, freshman roommate uh, would like to listen to that on his headphones, though he... He'd like to be a little farther away from the fire, so mostly he listened to it as as like some cover or some cover of it by some safe kind of studio band. He had all these tapes that were that were uh, mostly movie themes and then some hits that had been redone more safely, and he would listen to it like a little slower, more regulated tempo and some of the edges off of it, and he would listen to it on his headphones and sing along with it or kind of talk along with it. Did he know um, he was doing this? It's hard to tell what Trevor knew and didn't know at the time. <laughs> uh, but he would he would race to. Uh, I think he tried to be a little bit ahead of the beat so that he could. He was testing himself <laughs> as to whether he knew all of it. He also would watch Mash every day. Half of more than half of his table. If you, did you live in the dorms in college? Yeah. In Kansas State, the, the dorms, the dorm space was limited. So you didn't have a lot of. You had to sort of plan it out. You know, yeah. you could you could have a place to put a, a few books and your notebook, and you could study, or you could why not have a big goddamn TV in right. that spot? And he had the TV, and he would <laughs> race home to watch Mash, which came on at six or six thirty in the yeah. rerun, and try to say the names that appear in yellow at the in that <laughs> mash font uh, the names of the cast um, as the helicopter is going over the uh, the hills north of Los Angeles um, <laughs> before they appeared and he didn't despite despite a lot of practice didn't always get to to uh, whatever father fucking Mulcahy's name was or something you know in time um, it sounds he sounds a bit a uh, bit spectrumy 
I suppose so. He seems to me, in, re- in to this morning, a little bit Billy Jolly. <laughs> he looked a little bit like Billy Joel, shorn, like a some mixture of the older Billy Joel and the younger Billy Joel. Oh, okay. Younger by virtue of being eighteen, and older by virtue of being fat and bald. Got it. Trevor. Trevor. <laughs> um. Yeah. I haven't thought of him for a while. You brought me there with, yeah. the, with, the, with the song, uh, uh, Here's a List of American uh, Words. Is that the name of the song, right? Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the name of I'm, it. I'm, I'm going to try to say a bunch of words real fast, is the name of the song. And, you know, given that, given that as, a, uh, um, as a goal, he's, his, he was marvelously successful. He said those words, every one of them. Um, you are from the Lehigh Valley, correct? Which spans Pennsylvania and and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But it sort of end at New Jersey. I think uh, I think people who live there think of New Jersey as being sort of honorarily part of the Lehigh Valley, but it's it's not really. Um, it's 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 east in Bethlehem, Allentown. Those those areas. What was that third in, one you said? Allentown, as That's in right. we're living here yeah. in. Did you uh, incorporate your? Do you have a you have a read on Allentown and is that part of your essay? Uh yeah. I, well, I, I mentioned it briefly. It's I mentioned it in two contexts. One is is that it is one of his Springsteen songs. Oh, um, oh, yeah, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> and the yeah, weird yeah, thing is, yeah. it doesn't. He was bo- thinking. He was looking around, saying, "Okay, what do I got? Okay, <laughs> what's uh, what's just across the border from New? What's as close to New Jersey <laughs> as I can get? Ramapo? No, that's still in New Jersey. Nyack." Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let me think a little more broadly. Uh, uh, Allentown, uh, yeah, Phillipsburg. No, that's New Jersey still. Allentown, Bethlehem, yeah. two two Jesusy. <laughs> that's right. Allentown. Yeah. He. It, the other thing about it is, it's one of the many Billy Joel songs that contains um, gratuitous sound effects that. Um, that are like the opening sound of the album glass houses is shattering glass right? Yeah, right and of course the cover is of billy joel making like he's about to throw a rock at yeah. a glass house yeah. which was his house at the time and on the back cover is a picture of billy joel peering through a hole yeah. in some Ooh. glass yeah that's right right and then you get the glass sound at the beginning because he wants to make sure you get yeah the reference the whole of, the whole the whole thing yeah the whole thing about throwing a rock in a glass house do you you get it don't forget don't forget i'm going to put a sound here so you remember so you heard now, that phrase right you've heard that phrase right breaking yeah. about the about the glass houses <laughs> hey you guys i got an idea hey guys yes. so he he uh allentown has not only this kind of it's got a it's got a whistle like a and you know what what is it called the end of the day what is that whistle called End of the day whistle. End of the day whistle. Go home and drink whistle. And uh, then as if that's not enough to signal that it is, in fact, a song about the working class, it then there's a the rhythmic component of clanking machinery. Hammer on steel, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's also a a vocal in which he's going, (gasps) 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 like he's panting as though he is swinging that hammer. Right, like uh, 
not even stylized like uh, Lee Dorsey's working in a coal mine. Yeah, except ta- taking that idea and deciding that was inadequate. Yep. That was an inadequate dramatization of of the working class reality. So he mm-hmm. adds, he brings in a foley artist to start slathering, <laughs> slathering noises all over. You know. Yeah. So the album that's on, he thinks it's his masterpiece. It's it's the nylon curtain, and it's just basically the way I put it in the essay is it's it's like it's like covers. Of demos that didn't make it onto the post Beatles solo albums. It's very like sort of psychedelic, post Beatles, really bad songs. Did you go back and listen to all of these? Um, I, li- I listened to every Billy Joel album for this essay. Wow. You and were I will, willing to you were willing to suffer for your art, John. No, I'll tell that's you. One I, thing I, that's one thing I'll say about you. I can listen. Not afraid to suffer. I can listen to The Stranger and I can listen to Glass Houses and actually enjoy them. Yeah. I, I might listen to them again even after the essay is out in the world and declared finished. Just spin it, just get a seltzer and put your feet up and <laughs> Yeah. Or uh uh if I'm really gonna honor Billy Joel, I'd be a glass of wine on a boat. That's true. Hey, That's you true. you're not making sound anymore. Bottle of red, bottle of white, bottle of red, bottle of white. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't hear you no more. Bottle of red, bottle of white, bottle of red, bottle of white. Could be me. Could be me. Hey, bottle Ed, of red, bottle of can white. Can you hear me? I Go hear like you. this if you can hear me. Okay. I can't hear you. I think something got screwed up on my end. I am going to power down and power up again, and then we'll continue. Okay. Fair enough? All right. You there? Yeah. Okay. I think we're good to go. Good. Sorry about that. Um, so anyway, do you know that there's a? And I'll. I we I, we feel free to wrap up the Billy Joel portion of the show. But no, no, no. I think like <laughs> we're just getting started uh, here in hour three of the Billy Joel <laughs> Appreciation <laughs> Podcast. I think appreciation is too unnuanced. A Brought word to you by for... Billy Joel. <laughs> uh. There's a podcast interview between him and Alec Baldwin. Are you aware yeah. of this? Alec Baldwin yeah. has a yeah. podcast called Here's the Thing. Yeah, it's an yeah. interview show. And there's I find it really I like Alec Baldwin and I like listening to interviews, but I find it I find that unlistenable. I found myself getting very agitated during the Billy Joel interview. And I think the reason is that on the one hand, they're both sort of Long Island guys. Um I think they had similar uh, not similar upbringings, but they're they're from the same place, and uh, they hit it off immediately. But Alec Baldwin is kind of trolling him, sort of subtly making fun of him the entire time, making fun of his uh, mispronunciation of words and his height, and Billy Joel's just going along with it, and uh, it's it's a little harrowing. So until he pushes over. Uh... Alec Baldwin, like a yeah. big stage piano. Yeah, exactly. Breaks into a hundred pieces. <laughs> Each one of those pieces reforms and becomes a Alec Baldwin. Uh, and they swarm him. And... I wish. I wish that was how it ended. So anyway, uh, what is, what's new with you? I, I, I got some food stuff, but we usually do that at the end. So, uh, Settling into a new house. Yeah. In a new neighborhood, meeting the neighbors. Yeah. Um, who are nice. Um, 
Not a lot. I had a couple hours yesterday to uh, to write. You know, my I, I feel like I and many people and I know in the country in general are in an in between time. Yeah, a sort of in between time of uh, not a super anxious in between time. All right, I think as as some of previous in between times, like after you know terrorism and economic meltdowns and things, things seem to be going pretty well for me and everybody but but there's a uh a, a lack of clarity about where things are going I'm just really just talking about myself and in trying to write right i feel like i'm i don't have any projects that need finishing mm-hmm. i don't know what to do next and i'm just trying to figure it out and so and i'm not sure if i will be able to so i had a couple hours uh uh to to, to write the other day for the first time in several months and I went to a little coffee shop with my notebook and could not write a word. Not like writer's block, I don't believe in that, but I just couldn't. Uh, I drew and just doodled mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for two hours. And then uh, a friend walked in and I felt like I had been rescued. Wow. <laughs> to be able to just talk in, <laughs> instead of try to uh, um, maintain this physical pose of... of, of Pretending to uh, to be composing, um, I just have no idea what to do. do you, I have no idea what to do. Is that necessarily a bad thing right now? I, just, you, I don't know. You I got know. a book of poems coming out. You have got you have a draft of your stealth project. Then I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just wrote. Well, some no, stuff. I, mean, I, have, I have a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of pages, but I don't know if it doesn't feel like it has any life in it. I think I need to start something new. I, I just don't know what. I just can't. Uh, it's, it's 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 all um, from the the blessing of of having a child, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, struggling with trying to get him to just just, just pee in the toilet mm-hmm. and not shit his pants. Yep. That's what everything is directed towards. I think that the that those years and. All, all of my life has been quite good. I mean, I have no complaints overall about how my life has gone so far. But those the years of trying to persuade, specifically my older son, to shit into the toilet, those are the those are the worst years. I think. Yeah, it's uh, uh it's difficult, and uh, I just find like, like I can't. I have trouble trouble answering questions like, "What did you do yesterday?" <laughs> <laughs> or where is a thing? I was like, I have no idea. I feel sort of offended when somebody asks me to recall something. <laughs> like I just I, did. In other I words. don't know what I did yesterday. <laughs> Why does it matter so much to you? <laughs> Why can't the kid just use the potty? <laughs> That's the only question I want to, I want to pose. And there's only one answer. Is because, oh, look, he can. He can, uh, but does not wish to. Yeah, is the problem. Has is, are, have you arrived there? Has are we on? Are we? Oh, he's 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 peeing routinely in the right place, but still, you know, we're going through a lot of laundry. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's frustrating, and um, and there it is. Not very interesting to anybody, but uh, so that's what's up with me. It's entirely that really. Yeah, teaching well, a little bit. Trying to read, trying to get my office into into shape. I have an office 
in my house for the first time, I think, in my life. Like, I actually, like, books out and a place to write and a place to put things. And that's fantastic. I've never, I've never had this. Never had this 44. You know, I've had little brief versions of it. I might have had, like, an office, you know, on campus somewhere. But I never used it because I wasn't there enough, you know. Yeah. And my our houses have always been in between spaces. Um, so that's that's exciting. I can feel that's part of the in-betweenness is I, I can see sort of where things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, I just can't quite picture me doing them. Right. Yeah, um you have uh, behind you there are those closet doors or sliding pocket doors? There's closet S- doors. Sliding doors to a closet that has asbestos panels, so we're just leaving it closed. Okay, yeah. Um above it you have you got a nice wide ledge up there. You've got some I have stuff a ledge. perched up there. The ledge has uh, uh some knickknacks, the sort of knickknacks that I would like to get rid of but generally have just been in the way. Yeah. Of anything. I got, I got, well, my what grandfather's rec- recorder collection. He, he had Five a recorder six collection. Old recorders. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like yeah. green sleeves recorders. Yeah. Like yeah. Panasonic recorders. Yeah. <laughs> Panasonic. I don't know. Like tape recorders. Right? Yeah. Would they do what they've made? I, I think they, they must have. I don't know what there is. Yeah. So, how do you feel about. So you just packed up all your shit and you moved it to an, an, another place after just having done that in, after leaving Seattle, after having done that after leaving Missoula, Missoula yeah. Yeah. after having done that after leaving New Orleans. Well, uh, California. Oh, yeah, California. So D.C. How, how do you feel? How are you on the subject of getting rid of books? I have, I have over the last 10 years gotten rid of probably 30 bankers boxes full of, of books. Yeah. There were mostly uh, paperbacks that I bought for 50 cents or a dollar at used bookstores in college and grad school. Um, like a duplicate copies of the Vicar of Wakefield. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is a, a book that I may have gotten, is a book that I've, I've gotten rid of. Um, and a lot of books that I, 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 I like, but I realized I'd, I'd read them or I wasn't going to read them and didn't need them. Yeah. Um, I'd like to get rid of a quarter of the books I have left. Um, also, I know that I'm going to get, so my, my dad's trying to pare down what he has and he has a zillion books and I, I want them. So I've got to sort of make space for those. Is there more uh, space for books in the new place than in the last few places? Yes. Are, are we? Are you thinking that you're going to be in this house for a long time? A decade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or longer. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm glad. I must say, I'm glad to have you in Portland because it is a place I'd like to go to, and I have other friends there as well. So it's a nice town. Nice town. I like it. We're not in the lap of Bohemia here in Rose City Park. No. But we're. Uh, the ten minute drive. Yeah, but drive. But you got the um, you've got the uh, you've got the golf course restaurant. So there's that. <laughs> we do. Yeah. We do. And I found a little bar to watch the World Series games that I don't think will be. I don't think I get to have a regular bar anymore, but a place that's close that's all right called Little Cooperstown. Yeah. Wait, why don't L I L Little Cooperstown? I like it. Yeah. Why do, Why nice. don't you get to have a, your uh, bar anymore? I don't have time. Oh. I don't have time to. 
to drink. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I ask about the books is I would I would like to get rid of half of our books. And I say this because I'm someone who loves books and loves to get yeah. new books. But we are out of room. And um, I ha- I've had a long, quiet war with Reen about this because she's quite sentimental about books. And not just sentimental. She actually genuinely loves having yeah. even books that we don't look at at all around, kind of knowing they're there. And I'm sympathetic to that. But I, all I buy anymore is ebooks because there's no place to put any more print books. So I, the compromise was the, the li- we have a, a twice annual library sale mm-hmm. so benef- to benefit the public library. Um, people donate books to it, and they, they just had it. So they're not opening donations again until the 14th. Um, and until then, I am making box after box after box of books that I have sort of unilaterally decided we can do without. Um, and I'm putting them in the greenhouse, and Rian can, if she wants, go into any of them and pull books out to keep. Do you have, You've been together for a long time. Do you have... Uh, a clear demarcation or a big gray, gray area or is it all a gray area as to whose whose book belongs which book belongs to whom it's mostly gray area but there are definitely for instance all the science fiction is me um, and I mostly have a, that in my office most of the m- mysteries are mine although Rian likes them too um, most of the Rian does a lot of research for writing projects for personal <laughs> Uh, you know, enrichment. Mm-hmm. Um, she used to study languages a lot and really loves her language books. Um, so all that stuff that is came into the house for her, you know, specific interests are quote unquote hers. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't mm-hmm. go and, you know, I wouldn't go and touch those. Um, but there are a lot of books that we were given or that we bought for, to read with a book group or that I was sent to put blurbs on, and mm-hmm. then didn't put a blurb on it, uh, or that we bought out of a spirit of writerly, uh, um, what's the word? Sort of solidarity. Sense that somebody should buy this book. Yeah, and let then, there at least be one copy that is moved because of me. Exactly, and then you you know you read the first few pages, and it's not so hot, and you're never going to get around to it. Not that it's necessarily terrible, but there's things you actively want to read that you don't have time you got to chickens, read. Chickens, so. you know, you got chickens, you got. <laughs> Yeah, not really, in, not really anymore. We have dust. three three chickens. We do have dust to deal with. Yeah, that's the other thing. We're we're poor housekeepers, so everything's very very dusty and dirty. And the books are co- collect dust and dirt. And I'm clutter averse. So you collect not, books. The books collect dust. Yeah, dust collects hmm? souls. Your souls. I don't know. I don't know Keep what going. Dust does. I don't know what dust does. It sits there. It's mostly <laughs> people. As has been pointed out. So yeah. I'm I Well, I'd say I I think boldly get rid of books. Uh, especially you live in a town where there are other readers, presumably still. Yeah. And and if you they will go into to good hands. Yeah. And I do feel like I feel this way about pretty much all of my areas of interest, musical instruments, camera mm-hmm. equipment. This is I hap I you know, I'm kind of acquisitive and I like to collect interesting or beautiful things, but only if I'm only if they're I use them. So, yeah. especially in the case of camera and music equipment, which are things that if I'm not using it just 
it feels foolish to keep them. And I feel like someone should be using them because yep. they're of value and someone else will enjoy them more than me. Um, and so I buy and sell stuff all the time according to whenever I, you know, when it, wh- whether I'm using it or not or when if I If you could it. give one thing that you own to Billy Joel, <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> I would give him a, uh, uh, a bound letterpress uh, issue of uh, of my of the essay I've written about him. Oh, that's good. That's no. good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I would give Billy Joel. I, I don't think. I think he's he's got everything uh, a man could want, except self confidence. Yeah, I give him my fingernail clippings. Yeah, yeah. He'd get he'd get mad. He'd write a really pissed off song about them. Which he then wouldn't record. It would be his breakthrough song. It would be the song that that would uh, um, make uh, people take him you know, more seriously as a as a man. See, he needs what he needs is to do. He needs a late in life Johnny Cash style stripped down reconsideration and resurgence. You don't he, think he's ta- you don't think he's reached out to Rick Rubin about this? <laughs> I would like to. You think- don't think that Rick Rubin has already blocked. <laughs> blocked his Twitter DMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're probably right. <laughs> because because I who feel is like, it, Rick? Ah, oh, it's Billy Joel again. I feel like before Who are these Rick Rubin, flowers from <laughs> Billy. Uh. Before Rick Rubin, uh, Johnny Cash was of course great, but he was in part thought of as a novelty songwriter as much as he was a sort of great country artist. Because he sang, he recorded every novelty song anybody would throw at Yeah, him. sure. It was a terrible discography overall. But all the late stuff is is super dark and really, uh, you know, a guy, uh, what I said about Springsteen, emotionally direct um, yeah. in a way that really good folk and, and pop and, and rock music can be. So um, maybe so what I think, I think that um, if, if the right producer slash shrink came along for Billy Joel, Things could be like, different. Like that guy who who Metallica hired? Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Toll? <laughs> who started writing Andy lyrics? Toll? Yeah. I can't yeah. believe you remember his name. I remember his name because he's from Topeka and his son, I went to high school with his son. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, that movie is great. Yeah. What's the name I'm, of the movie? Uh, some Triumph kind of, of the Will? No. Some kind of monster. There's a two moment. Best, two greatest movies of all time: Triumph uh, of the Will, Olympia, the KKK one, and and the Metallica movie. That's four. That is four. I disagree with everything I just said. Slightly, when somebody says you know, the greatest movies of all time or favorite movie, I like to throw Triumph of the Will. It's a list. Uh, you disagree with everything you said, including the number of movies that you said. <laughs> yeah. Did you see uh, Mary They're Parks? all movies, though. They you are see, all movies. Do you see my Mary's... Fa- my uh, two, two favorite movies, two greatest movies of all time, are Triumph of the Will, Olympia, <laughs> the KKK one, a peanut butter jelly sandwich, and Metallica <laughs> movie. In Glass Houses by Billy Joel. The motion picture. Yeah. Uh, did you see uh, Mary's uh, Halloween costume? Um, I saw it over Rian's shoulder on Facebook. I did, but I'm not sure what it was. <laughs> it was a little Edie. 
Oh, <laughs> little lady from Grey Gardens. Yeah, very good. Yeah, good. yeah. Did you uh, have have any uh, visitors? Halloween visitors out no. there? On no, no one comes by. Last year, last year the neighbors came by. Do you set out a pumpkin? We usually do, but we didn't this year. Um, and then we were going to watch a scary movie last night, but everybody kind of bailed on it. We ended up. Um, uh, Toby went to bed, but the rest of us watched uh, The Leftovers, the TV series The Leftovers. Have you been? Have you seen this? No. It's an HBO series. The first season's now on iTunes. Is it about the college radio show that Eric Moline, Kevin Davis, and I had that was called The Leftovers? Wait, you mean you're not involved in it? Because I think there's, I think there's some money coming to you if you hire the right lawyer. Yeah. No, it's a terrible title. It was a Tom Parada novel, which makes it suspect. Oh, no. oh but, okay. Uh, but the novel. But he teamed up with Damon Lindehoff from Lost and have made this. It's basically two percent of the world's population vanishes right. mysteriously in a rapture-like event. Uh, no, no drama, no special effects. They're just instantly oh, that's gone. Right. I have heard about it. Yeah, but I remember the, the show, novel. I didn't make that connection. And the show starts three years after uh-huh. after this, in which everyone is sort of still reeling from the consequences of this. No one has figured out what happened, and all kinds of weird things are happening in this town in upstate New York. Um, and you, you know, you get to see into the lives of various strange characters. And there's a religious group called the Guilty Remnant, who mm-hmm. wears white and off-white, and uh, just stands in the street smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. It seems to be I all they that do. From the novel, I remember that from the novel. Oh, yeah. you read the novel? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I didn't realize the TV show was was off of that. Apparently, the first I'll season the first mm-hmm. season consumes the whole novel. And then the mm-hmm. second season, it starts, which just started. Well, I don't have HBO, so I haven't seen the second season. But it starts going off of the, going off of on its own. But it is reminiscent of Lost in a very good way. Um, and I'm not seeing any potential cul-de-sacs quite yet mm-hmm. of the sort that Lost ended up falling into. Yeah, it got a little messy. Yeah. Although Owen just watched it, and he actually liked season five. So he liked the ending. Did it go on for five seasons? Yeah. That's the one about the uh, the three teenage boys who were friends in the fifties, and essentially, and they have a motorcycle riding friend, um, <laughs> and it's mainly centered in most of the action takes place in the house of one of the boys, right? Uh, Richard, where a mysterious killer named Bob is behind the sofa. <laughs> we never see him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, what are the thrilling, exciting? Food? I want to, let's talk about let's talk about the most important issue, which is food. Yeah, you said that you had some food. Yeah, I got some, some food. food. You went to the genre ball. Oh yeah, I was going to talk was about the, that. Was there food at the genre ball? What genre food did they have? Um, there was things on two there, there were snacks, and there were catered snacks at the. There was a pre-party. See, I was one of ten. Uh, you were a host. D-list celebrity authors who were hosting, co-hosting yeah. the thing. Along with Alex Chi and Michael Cunningham and Am Holmes and some other people, so, um, and so we, we had a the pre party for the the high rollers, the hundred dollar donors uh, mm-hmm. at the Electric Literature offices, and then moved over to the Ace Hotel where there was a dance party. So that's basically your your Donald Trumps, your Michael Bloomsburgs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> your your literary your, literary your various trumplets. assorted sheiks, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. It was really fun, although there's only so much party I can take. 
I, I, I self-identify as an extrovert, but only within very narrow... Like, I can, a party with, it's, with loud music where everyone is dancing and it's very crowded. I don't like costumes. I don't like, I don't like Halloween very much, actually. Um, but I did dress as a slush pile um, by covering myself with envelopes that had yep. misspellings of... Actually, many misspellings of your name and the other <laughs> editors of Okie Panky and Electric Literature. So I was covered with in-jokes. And um, not to denigrate the slush pile, by the way, because uh, it's the source of our best stuff so far, I think. But anyway, um, uh, but it was great fun. And I think it raised some money for the magazines. So so hurrah. So you lasted an hour? Uh, Yeah. An hour hour and a half? I was there for the whole pre-party, and I lasted about an hour, a little more than an hour at the at the party proper. That's fine. I just got, I couldn't, I just couldn't take it anymore. So I yeah. felt there were a lot of people I wanted to meet writers. I hadn't met before. Who I knew were in the room and then I just didn't freaking feel like finding them. And I left. Yeah. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. Like I'll I, meet them someplace else. Yeah. I went to a, a great, there's a great reading series here called bad blood curated by some friends. And it's a great series and well attended. And it's often quite a party and had a, a good good reading this last week or two weeks ago with with the fine poets greg purcell ish klein and jane wong yeah all have very fine books particularly this greg purcell weird first book he's been around for a while this is his first book i think um and uh it was a great scene and about the light that was by the, the readers was a little too bright it was a little glary and i just found like a little like corner of the room in the back where I couldn't see the stage and just kind of sat in the chair. Yeah. Like, that sounds blissful. Like, like an old, old man. <laughs> and I loved it. You know? uh, that does sound like the, the way to endure a thing like that. Yeah. Um, by the um, way, are you going to go to AWP in LA? And no, I'm March? planning on it, but I haven't made any plans. Good, good. I'll be, I'll be there if that, if that helps. Yeah, you decide. Well, that does help. We're going, we'd hope to do some things for my uh this idlewild summer writing program there but we pitched you know submitted a lot of proposals because it's la and idlewild arts foundation's been around for a long time and you know some readings and reflections and but they didn't they didn't want any of that so nope nothing nothing of the stuff i did either every pretty much i've never had a panel accepted and then i you go to the thing and it's just it's, nobody goes yeah, it doesn't matter yeah, it's just but, they're terrible the panels are terrible oh they're horrible yeah, well, I think I think that AWP will have to entirely remake itself or stop existing or something in the next few years. It just doesn't doesn't quite match what people what what's needed or or what's acceptable anymore. And the, well, the, in the wake of that horrible blog post from uh, Alyssa's uh, publisher, I I yeah. just I, I, I it's it's uh, it was obviously. D- terrible and wrongheaded, but it was also just like an it. It would just show that the the people are not actually aware of what the national community of writers is consists of and is actually like right. and is interested in. Yeah, but um, but anyway, I uh, the thing I was going to talk about is I went uh, just the other day. Uh, I got invited to back to my alma mater, Penn, to read at Kelly Writer's House, which is mm-hmm. a lovely on-campus writing center. It's been there for okay. a couple of decades. They started right after I graduated, so I, I didn't get to benefit from it as a student. But They um, waited till you were... Yeah, exactly. Till, yeah. <laughs> I was out of the way. Cause they they had the would, money and they had the plans. We're like, let's wait till... Let's, shouldn't we... Because he'll hog just, it. Let's wait till he's uh, 
wait another year. I'll be re- He'll be gone, and then we can put our house together. And because they knew I was the Billy Joel of fiction, and I would, <laughs> I was a spaz. I would, I would rise up like a prairie dog from behind my typewriter with bug eyes. <laughs> And say, hello, it's me. It's me, <laughs> Johnny. It <laughs> and then push it over. <laughs> Let's make some literature. <laughs> uh, and um, I was only there, I could only stay for about, I could only stay in Philly for about 18 hours. And the reason was that I had to rush home to play the role of um, a boring white intellectual in a rap video. Yeah. I, th- I expected a, I expected a more excited reaction to that. I was just trying to put it together. <laughs> well, so, the way I first heard it was that you had just had to be in a rap video. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if there if I if I had missed something in your CV. No, I uh, my friend uh, Anango, who's a, a PhD candidate in science and tech. He's studies. the rapper. No, she That's she's the, she's a rapper. She's, she's the rapper. She raps under the name Samus, and she's really good. Um, oh, you've told me about Samus. Yeah, I yeah. didn't realize that Samus was uh, also uh, that was why Samus was at the school. Oh yeah, yeah. She's she, okay. she grew up in Ithaca and is a grad student at Cornell. So. I didn't realize it. Um, I've listened to some of the Samus. Oh really? Yeah, yeah good. Yeah. good stuff. So she's got a new a new track, I, uh-huh. and I. I heard her perform this at a concert um, a few months ago as an acapella um, tune, and it was it was really good. And it was about her, essentially about her ambivalence about academia. So I, when I later talked to her about it, was sort of praising the song and saying it was really good. She decided to make it the first single off her new album, and now the track is finished, and she hired a guy to help <laughs> her make a video. And she wanted a scene in which a professor is <laughs> is gesturing at an essay she wrote, showing her where all the mistakes are, and telling her to she's got to focus on her schoolwork and quit all this rapping. Yeah. And uh, I was apparently the person she knows who seemed most suitable <laughs> as, in that role. So uh-huh. we filmed, it was all just gesturing silently. Yeah. Well, actually, I was. I mean, I was speaking out loud, but it right, the, but the track not. will be overdubbing it, and I was saying things like, you it's know, like- <laughs> you really need to stop this rapping. Pay attention to your thesis, you know. So it was really fun. So, um, yeah. but anyway, I had a great time in Philly, and actually managed to get into. Uh, meals one at uh, a ramen bar called ramen bar in west philadelphia um it was terrific great big bowl of spicy miso soup with noodles and lots of vegetables and some pork um uh, my parents were there they enjoyed it as Mm. well um but i recommend this place for anyone who's in west philly either at penn or for some other west philly related thing and then um there's a branch of um, Philly's beloved donut shop, Federal Donuts, uh, which is also in West Philly. And I stopped there. I'd never had their donuts before. And I had this delicious blueberry cake donut drizzled with some kind of tasty stuff. And they have, I recommend their uh, chicken as well. They have fried chicken and donuts. What was it drizzled with? I'm trying to picture what, what, what sort of drizzling would accompaniment, accompany a blueberry cake donut. Uh, it's a, a a sugary thing. Hold on, I'll tell you exactly. Uh, oh, it's not not on the menu today, but it's I like guess a white the, frosting type. 
Yeah, there was a white frosting. Zebra and lines? Then it had, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was sort of drizzled back and forth. And it was a tangy kind of, pardon me, blueberry sauce. Oh, I suppose okay. you'd say. And the coffee was good, too. So, um, But you can get um, you can get half a chicken. Um, it says every order of chicken includes a honey donut and is served with your choice of dry seasoning, wet glaze, or naked. And uh, everything there is very yummy. Sounds and, like a hell of a hell of a donut shop. Yeah. Plus, I got a T-shirt because, like um, the donut hole, uh, the T-shirt features a rooster. Oh, nice, nice. They're now towing the uh, small car, extracting it from the the carcass of the small car from the uh, body of the truck outside the window. Is it making? I don't hear it. I'm surprised. Well, we have nice windows. Oh, very good. Nice windows. Yeah. Um, no, so, so that's, that's a good. That's a good donut. It's a good so donut. What you been eating? Well, on Mondays and Wednesdays, I go to uh, teaching a couple sections of composition at mm-hmm. the Portland Community College Southeast Campus, which uh, has a small cafeteria that puts together a nice little BLT for three dollars. Nice. And that's my favorite food. Three dollars. Three a uh, three dollar BLT. It must be subsidized, or uh, it's a mistake they made that they're not. Aware of, but they still ring it up. Yeah, because everything else is five. You know, it's five. You know, a burger is five dollars. Everything's five dollars or more. But the BLT is three dollars. Maybe it's three fifty. So I've been eating the hell out of those BLTs. The final supper, I'd like a BLT and a gin and tonic. Nice. That is. That's really. That's some perfection right there. Yeah, I don't think I would like one of these BLTs. They're very good. But they they have the ratio wrong, which is which is understandable, and, and barely any mayonnaise. You need to have a not slathered, but a little more mayonnaise than they're doing. Just do you prefer the, con- the traditional traditional mayonnaise, or do you do you like some sort of do you, do you fancy some kind of aioli? No, no, I just like regular mayonnaise. Yeah, regular. Even I think you could even throw a little Miracle Whip on a BLT, and it'd be fine. Really? No. I've never been a fan. No, I've gone too far. <laughs> so, I've, do you? I've uh, taken liberties. Do you with, make BLTs uh, for yourself at home? Not frequently. Not frequently. I if, I, if, I'm, if I if I go in, if I'm go if I'm not very hungry, but I'm hungry enough to accompany somebody to lunch, um, or I just need, or they offer it, I'll get a BLT. Yeah, you know. But uh, it's a, I think I think of the BLT as a slight food, even though it has bacon. On it, sure. It's not a whole mess of food. It's yeah. not like a food plate, <laughs> a food pile, you know. Yeah, undifferentiated mass of food items. No, it's not that. It's not a bloom and onion. No, God no. Or a scramble. I like a BLT. Um, other than that, we have yet to settle. We found there's lots of good food around. Uh, uh, been over to Nong's a few times. I think I've told you about Nong's. Yeah. A little food cart that just does this particular chicken and rice that is transcendent. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't uh, haven't 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 uh, settled into good good lunching here. I have a lot of good lunch partners, a lot of friends here who will be excellent lunch accompanists. Once but, you train uh, them properly. Once once I once my schedule frees up a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I get more, more into being here. Yeah, um, we'll find find some. 
You going to come up to uh, Seattle next month to hear me and Alyssa talk about James Welch? Sure. I got to figure out what I'm going to say. I got to figure out when it is and how I'm going to get there. <laughs> I have some things. I, to, I got some things to figure yeah. out. You should get a, a plane flight, perhaps. I think I will get a plane, an air, an airplane yeah. flight, is my plan. Yeah. yeah, come on out to Seattle. Yeah, bring the family. That's expensive. Although yeah. you know what we were we were talking about last night, <laughs> Rain and me. We're talking Hijacking about an airplane? No, no, no. That's not fun. Building an airplane? Yes. Uh, we're talking about uh, spending a week in Missoula in July. Family vacation in Missoula. Very nice, yeah. So if you're ever thinking of going to Missoula... July in Missoula. July might be a good time to to do that and hang out with us. That would be nice. I'm going to Miami next month. Oh, yeah? A few weeks. The Miami Book Fair. Mm -hmm. You know, me and Salman Rushdie and 300 other people. Sounds good. Uh, Miami, have you met him? Have you I, met him before? No, and I'm sure I won't meet him at this either. No. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's a, only a two of three hundred. That's not. That's a. He's <laughs> he's very friendly. You've met him. I've met him. He's he came to Cornell and uh, he was the last one to leave his own party. Yeah. He's, he's very extroverted and uh, and uh, fun loving. People, yeah, people say that about him. I uh, I, I don't I don't know if our our circles will cross. Um, I, uh, I'm looking forward just to being in Miami in uh, the sure. beginning of the winter. It's always nice to go to Miami on somebody else's dime. You you go to Florida more frequently. Actually, not a whole lot. I, I did go recently, but um, that was yeah. – uh, I think I think that the what happens with Florida is my grandmother lives there, and uh, if I'm going to go, we'd, I actually should bring everybody so she could see – my kids but and then yeah. we try to schedule it but my kids school schedules don't allow it and the only time we can all go is between christmas and new year's when tickets are twelve hundred dollars a piece that's crazy i know so we i end up not going at all which is yeah. a shame but i did go by myself um last month and that was good yeah, yeah it's nice or a few months ago um yeah so i don't have anything else to talk about it's November, dude. One of the things I'm most excited about in November is, is my uh, group of friends from Kansas have started putting together a uh, a communal monthly playlist on mm-hmm. Spotify Yeah, that any of the 10 or so of us can contribute to. And um, we all have more or less the same tastes, but kind of have, have, have uh, you know, had some divergences okay and uh and so i'm I'm finding a lot of new music um oh, good. through through this group and also like um being able to dredge up something awful from the past and make them listen to it <laughs> that's always fun yeah. <laughs> may i recommend uh billy joel's glass houses i think there might be a lot of billy joel in november <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and thanksgiving's coming up got to uh Start raising a turkey for oh, that. Oh, God. And have to breed a turkey. But then Christmas. Wait, can they grow big enough to eat in a month? I don't think they can. These days? <laughs> Turkeys today? Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> ever since ever since turkeys have been legalized, yeah. corporate America has taken over. and is Well, turkeys are now legal in Colorado and <laughs> Washington and Oregon. 
and uh, Alaska. They've always been illegal in Alaska. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, I don't, a lot I'm of people not, are being let out of jail for their turkey-related crimes. Yeah, that's good. It's good news. Yeah. I don't. I'm not looking forward to the. I just the holiday thing is happening too. I, it's just starting to happen. I don't want it to happen. We just get in the just spirit, finished, John. Get in the spirit. Just the finish spirit. the fucking birthdays. I'm, I'm get done. Get a sweater. Get a sweater. That's the uh, saving themes. grace of winter. After the post Christmas winter, is that there are no big things until May. That's when the birthdays start in my family. We get like four and a half months of, of nothing. It's cold and dead. You light a fire and you sit in front of it. You don't have to buy anybody anything. You don't have to celebrate anything. You just yeah. sit there. Just fucking sit there. Yeah, just you and you. Yeah. Yeah, in a robe. <laughs> You're damn right I'm in a robe. You in a robe and a rifle. <laughs> All right, John. Ed. And listeners. Have yourself a, a wonderful uh, November 1st. It's sunny here. I'm going to go outside and take a walk. That's good. That's good. It's uh, raining like a motherfucker here. Yeah? Yeah, got two inches of rain yesterday. It was pouring into our basement. I saw somebody on Twitter saying they were glad it rained and that, uh, and that Halloween was suppressed. That was you who it said was that. It was not me. It was <laughs> you. Portland you. <laughs> I think it was John Roderick. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, he would know. That's a different city, though. That's Seattle. But Seattle. it was raining, apparently raining there as well. Yeah. I keep, I keep, I keep conflating, conflating your, your cities. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, have a good All rainy right. day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good luck with the poop. <laughs> and also with you. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. It's time for love.